Hello, everybody. Welcome to Learn to Pray. I'm your host, pastor, teacher, and author, Taryn Gatters. Our word today, and our prayer focus today, is on the word humility. Philippians 2 and 3, the ESV translation of God's word says this, Do nothing from self, selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, counting others more sufficient than yourself. We stumble into the word humility a lot in the Bible, but how do we define humility? What exactly is being humble and why is it important? Humility, what is humility? Humility is often categorized as genuine gratitude, a lack of arrogance, and a modest view of oneself. However, the biblical definition of humility goes beyond this. Humility is a critical and continuous emphasis on godliness in the Bible. We are called upon to be humble followers of Christ and trust in the wisdom and the salvation of God. True humility is seeing ourselves as we truly are, fallen in sin and helpless with God. The profound Bible verse that we all know and love Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct our paths. It's an excellent summarization of the biblical meaning of humility. To be humble, we must believe that God will lead us in the best way to live and avoid temptation. We must put complete trust in the Lord and not deceive ourselves with vanity or lust. We should lean on God's understanding, God's wisdom, God's divinity to show us the righteous path through prayer and meditation, fasting and other faithful practices. To do this, we, we must have the initial requirement of humility to open our hearts and withdraw from the arrogance of our ego. In the book of Philippians, Paul had just shared with the Philippians that they will make his joy complete by living out of the benefits that we receive by being in Christ. Mutual encouragement, loving comfort, communion, empowerment of the Holy Spirit and a continual welling up of a tender and and of tenderness and compassion. Paul went on to stress then nat the natural flow of things that come from God, that God sends like like-mindedness, harmony, and unity within and among those who follow Christ. Such togetherness is not something we can 
or have to muster up ourselves. It is, ladies and gentlemen, as with all good things, a gift of God's grace. As Paul underscores the work of the Spirit in and through us. But how do we get and remain in step with the work of the Holy Spirit? How do we get and remain humble? What does this unity of the Spirit practically look like in our daily and day-to-day life? Paul now devotes his attention to answering these questions, and that answer is humility. Paul starts breaking down exactly what humility is by indicating what it is not. Humility is not self-ambition, selfish ambition, bearing some sort of false modesty in which one appears to uh, be self-sacrificing, but actually is doing so in order to gain a better position is not true humility. Neither is operating out of vain conceit. The connotation of in the original word used here is to be full of oneself or possessing a highly exaggerated self-view. It is to become so fascinated and fixated on one's own reputation that one is consistently elevating oneself at the expense of others and everyone else. No matter whether one engages in self-centeredness or selfishness, both are anti-humanity. After telling us what it is not, Paul proceeds to define what humility is by describing what it looks like in practice. First, he says humility is to value others above ourselves. Paul isn't calling for self-loathing or to despise oneself for the sake of others. No. Ladies and gentlemen, true humility is not carrying an inferior complex and putting oneself down. It is lifting others up. It is affirming, it is honoring the dignity and the worth of other rather than stroking our own ego and protecting ourselves as being more important than others. Related to this humility is not looking to your own interests, but rather the interests of others. Paul advocates a mindset that seeks to give up one's personal wants and rights out of a concern for the advancement of others. To employ this same modern and often contested language, humility is the willingness to acknowledge and surrender my privilege for the sake of those who have not been as privileged. Can we be honest in admitting how 
difficult humbling ourselves is, especially if if we try to do so in our own strength and our own will. Perhaps the biggest reflection of our brokenness is how much it goes against our nature to think of others before ourselves. Our default, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our default is to focus on me, myself, and I. But oh, we're good at talking about putting others first. But when it comes to actually doing it, just even trying to put others first, we end up resenting it and or feeling sorry for ourselves. We smile and we're polite about it, but we're still keeping score, waiting for our turn. We silent, we silently expect that we will get in return what we're giving out. One good turn deserves another, right? On our, on our own, true humility is beyond us. I want to say it one more time. On our own, true humility is beyond us. It is beyond us because we can't unconditionally love others if we haven't first received unconditional love ourselves. And the only one who can and has love unconditionally, purely, selfishly, and sacrificially is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if our sense of identity and worth derives from anything or anyone other than Jesus, we'll continue to wrestle with selfishness and conceit, with putting ourselves first. It is only as if, it is only as we are humbled by the perfect love of Christ that we find ourselves able to humbly love others like Jesus, valuing and serving others above ourselves. Sometimes we must not overlook how Paul frames this call to humility to the church at Philippi. He says, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Paul isn't speaking here to individuals. He's writing to a community. Part of what makes humility possible for me is by the grace of God that we look to the interests of others. And that is I, that I began to learn how to know and trust others by the same grace that God has blessed me with. That that is what Paul is inviting us to embrace, a posture of mutual care and concern where we are a community of believers, the church. And we're looking out for one another. That is, when one is down, we lift that one up. That when one is hurting, we are there to help. When one is broken, we're there to help put the pieces together again. And this is the valuable practice that God has called each and every one of us to.
that we must learn through the leading of the Holy Spirit that enables us and empowers us to do the work that God has called us to do. And that is to love each other. And in loving each other, we continue to be loved by Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you today. As we look at this idea of humility. Father, I need you for this idea of humility to be reality in in my life. I, I need your grace. I need your mercy. Jesus, I need you. I thank you for I thank you for your example of humility. And I pray that you would would work that kind of humility in my life today. Work it in my mind today. Work it in my heart today. When it comes to my ambition, when it comes to my motivation for the things that I do, help me, Lord. I pray to do it in a selfless way. Not thinking about myself or what I might get in return, but thinking about the significance of others and ultimately thinking about your glory. What is good for pointing people to you. Help me not to point people to myself, but to point people to you. Deliver me daily from selfish ambition and conceit. Help me in humility to count others more sufficient than myself. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. And amen.